You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Alga. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors, writers, directors, filmmakers, managers, producers, agents. I should write that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, we interview those people and then we put it on this podcast and talk about it on, on each end of the interview and then uh, stick it out there on the internet in, a, in an MP3 file for y'all. Yeah, I like how that part get also gets more specific yeah. every single time. <laughs> like, and we spend this many hours uh, producing it, and this is the application that we use, and this right, is right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and as you can tell by uh, this terrible introduction, we are just two dudes with a podcast, so we don't pretend to know anything. <laughs> it's true. Excuse me, everything. Um, <laughs> so we are just uh, uh, looking for the answers as opposed to having them. So if you would like to contribute to the podcast or ask questions, put in your two cents, uh, get in touch with us, and you can find all the ways to do that at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And on today's episode, we have our, our part one of our chat with Blake Robbins, who's an actor uh, and I guess also a filmmaker and producer and director yeah. and writer. Actor, writer, does, director, author. Of, yeah, author. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Primarily an actor, though. And uh, I'm going to go on the record and say this was one of my favorite favorite guests yet. Yeah, there was a lot of noodle baking going on. A whole lot <laughs> of noodle dirty. baking going on. Um, yeah, yeah. Why does it sound dirty? Why you gotta go there, man? Three dudes baking each other's noodles. Sorry. All right, it does sound yeah. dirty. All, all right, right, it's all right. cool. It's cool. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, so, 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 yeah. Make sure it's you guys, now turned uh, into a Seinfeld episode. Yes, it has. <laughs> We're a little rusty. It's cool. Uh, so make sure you guys stick around for that. Happy New Year! It's, it'll be now. It'll be the fifteenth when this goes live. Yeah, on the internet. So, so we're two whoops. weeks into uh, 2013, and I guess we should say right off the bat. Uh, sorry, sorry, for sorry, that. sorry for the, the lack of warning. <laughs> yeah, we we had actually in, we had planned. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's that saying about planning? Uh, well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so we had planned to to put out an episode um, uh, before the end of the year. Just kind another of like, one, yeah. yeah 90, uh, uh, 92 was supposed to be yeah. before yeah, before the year ended. Yeah, we were going to sit down and basically just do a recap uh, of our of our years and some big learns and just just kind of talk about uh, you know what we have in store for next year, not not necessarily as a podcast, but as as, as actors and mm-hmm. creative beings and whatnot and um, and it, it obviously didn't happen. So uh, our sincerest apologies for those of you that were expecting something new. We uh, I think we both just kind of were like we switched into like family holiday mode and yeah um n- next time we have uh <clears throat> mechanisms we're putting in place to communicate more effectively with our listeners yes definitely so so in that spirit actually we should just quickly um mention a couple sh- shout outs and yes. donations that we got we've gotten two uh that we wanted to kind of mention on the podcast one comes from shauna i'm gonna say pop cheese Pope she's I'm sure, I'm sure that's that I'm making a mess of that pronunciation but um she uh she sent in a one-time donation and and included in her note that this is her favorite podcast Aww. and that was just you know I, I don't think I could ever hear that enough it was really <laughs> really sweet so thank you very much Shauna for um for supporting the podcast in a very tangible uh way um and for sending us some warm fuzzies too yeah and then uh, we also got a a, a new patron Stephen. Phillips and um and we wrote him back and said thank you so much and the email bounced back to us so so Stephen please know that we 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 try to get in touch with you we definitely want to get your headshot and a little blurb up on our Patreon page uh and and we want to thank you as well but um our email bounced back so please uh shoot us another email uh, at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com 
to uh, let us know how we can get you featured on the page. So we also have an announcement we wanted to make before we kind of get into this episode. So on the podcast, we we tend to shy away from featuring specifically featuring products, classes, things like that, because there's so many choices out there. And we don't want to kind of be seen as like a publicity machine, you know, uh, basically Mm -hmm. a one long ass commercial. (laughs) That's what we don't want to do on this podcast. Uh, Sometimes it gets difficult because there are some really awesome people doing really awesome things that also have really awesome products. And um, so we do, we do, you know, when we, when we come across those products, we definitely want to um, recommend them and kind of give them our, you know, quote unquote stamp of approval. Um, But please, we just want to kind of reiterate that that's not our, our intention. I would I would amend that by saying it, it it is our intention to recommend products that we think are good, but it's not our intention to make it seem like that's the only podcast or that that's the only product of its kind in existence. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? <clears throat> Just because we put our quote unquote IAP stamp of approval on it doesn't mean that it's the only service out there. We've featured uh, actors who are working actors who happen to teach a class. But we've featured, you know, many act, such actors um, and talked about many classes. And we usually just try to focus on their career, not the class itself. You know, regardless of, of how much we love or dislike a product, um, please check them all out for yourself. Do your homework and, and go with what resonates with you. When we have these guests on, really what we're, we're going for is this person has really great information to share that we think would benefit the community. And that's our main, our main, main purpose. And we want to stick with our integrity policy <clears throat> and make sure that um, nobody is getting, that we're not playing favorites. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. So that said, uh, let's see here. Do you have anything you wanted to mention about the past month since we've since we've done an episode? Um, well, I mean, What's new. I had a great holiday, uh, a nice time off. Um, it was kind of you know things slow down typically during the holidays for for acting and especially in L.A. or Hollywood or whatever. The last day that that most of the representation offices and uh, casting offices and production offices had sort of there's this sort of zeitgeist where they decide to shut down and reopen at the same time ish except for like uh, commercial agents I feel like in commercial casting like I feel like that goes like they barely get a break mm-hmm. you know they they take a break for just between the week between um, Christmas and New Year's but they don't really take much more than that but for everything else television movies uh, theater <clears throat> they usually take a, 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 a three or four week period off. And on the last day that, that most of the offices had sort of agreed to just stop whatever they were doing and then pick up, um, I think it was on January 7th, they had decided to pick up. I got a call for an audition on that day, the last day in December for the first day back in January. Wow. And it felt very like, <clears throat> you know, it was a theater audition. And I, I was really excited about it, but it felt very, very much like, um, I don't know, like it, it felt special. It felt, uh, like how cool is it that I'm an, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a working actor and, and that I'm bridging this gap in mm-hmm. when everybody's down with on audition, something to prepare for. And I did, I ended up getting a callback for it as well, that I'm going to, um, Tomorrow, as of this recording, uh, yesterday, as of you listening, <laughs> of you to, listening it. to it, <laughs> right? So that would be that would be Monday, the fourth, yeah. the third. So I booked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like predicting who's going to win the Super Bowl, like like right. recording it beforehand or, or right. whatever. So let's do that. So so you've already had the audition. So how'd it go? Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I just did the same thing I did the the first time, and yeah. uh, there were just more people in the room. Good feedback. Good feedback. Yeah. Great feedback. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome cool no problem no uh, big deal that feels really Just weird booking another job no big deal nbd nbd <laughs> um and you know and uh i also have um i'm really excited i have a uh uh an audition for a guest star on ncis 
Oh, really? Um, I didn't know about that. Tomorrow as well, right Score, before the callback. dude. So nice. tomorrow's going to be a fun day. But That's one of my target <laughs> shows. What's that? That's one of my target shows. I'm declaring, so that office, I'm declaring roles on that That office the loves me. I've been in there like six times, not including callbacks. Like six individual so it's auditions. Just a matter of time. Yes, I know. I'm like, uh, and I you've already going. you've already been on Criminal Minds, so you're already in that kind of vein of yeah of uh, that's true. I mean, yeah, I just I would really, I would really love to get on either they because they called me in for both because the same casting office casts NCIS and NCIS LA. Yeah. So I'm like, do I want to hang out with LL Cool J or do I want to hang out? With- <laughs> um, it's totally happening, dude. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a, this be, an interesting uh, role. He's kind you. of a he's kind of a nutcase. He's he's like a little bit of a loose cannon. So I get to go in there and be a little a little bit of a loose cannon, I guess. How about you, man? What do you what uh I mean, we hung out for like half of the break, but Yeah. Well, that was really cool. <laughs> we went up to San Francisco with our theater ensemble and just basically had a retreat. Uh, yeah. and that was pretty, pretty awesome to just hang out with those people and have those group meals and the, the mm-hmm. kind of group activities. It sounds kind of, I can, I can see how some people might be like, that sounds cheesy, but it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I think the older I get, the more I realize how rewarding having like structure at a vacation is. Yeah. It you was, know? it was nice. I mean, for anybody who's been listening since the beginning of the podcast, I know we did the same thing, uh, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, I know it sounds hippie ish, but I mean, we, we rang in the new year with a drum circle and it was oh, amazing. So cool. You know what man? I mean? Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> like that was amazing. Yeah. I've never done that before. It's like a new, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, uh, actors get to experience things. Yeah. I think you talked about this when Chris was still your, your agent, um, how she said, uh, a client came to her and said like, I'm going on vacation or something like that. And she felt bad. She was, or she was moving to Italy for six months, or what was the story? Yeah, it was something like and that. Chris she, was like, "Just go, like, go and like be a human, go experience life." Because when you come back, you're going to be a better actor because you'll be a better person. Yeah, you know, yeah. and the minute that your acting career becomes an excuse to stop living your life, stop doing the things that you want, that's when you kind of start to become not only a bitter actor but a lesser actor. I think. Hmm. You know, because if you stop subjecting yourself to that to that wellspring of experience, then you have fewer resources to draw on when you do approach a, a project or a character yeah. or a, or even just a, an audition or a meeting. We keep saying audition. But yeah. So anyway, uh, laser, laser, laser. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool, man. Donor got some nice attention. Um, oh, that's right. I saw three, that. We have three really solid reviews for it now, all really complimentary. Um, uh, it's been now into five festivals, three of which it's won awards at. Amazing. So anybody who's Amazing. interested in, in seeing that, um, if I could toot my own horn for a minute here, to go, the to, way, my go friend. to donorshortfilm.com and you can see, uh, my very first short film that I, that I wrote, associate produced and acted in. And, uh, those people that I worked with made me look really, really good. Wait, is the entire film on the website now? <clears throat> no, no, it's not yet. It's just the trailer still. I think right? we, we're still waiting on a few festivals. So it, the, it. the rules are you can't have it online or available anywhere. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, well, but the, the, the trailer's there, right? <laughs> trailer's there, yeah. Yeah, and the trailer looks great. Yeah, we fe- well, that was actually in one of our video episodes, <clears throat> and we actually like put it in there. That's this, right. This film's been around for a while. We I shot it over over a year ago. Hey, man. But Ryan Sage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Make another Make one. Make another one. But yeah, you know, I mean, as I've said, um, I, you know, I can't take credit for, for any really... I can only take credit for a small piece of it at this point because it was such a team effort and everybody involved really put in, uh, brought their a game. Yeah. And so, uh, it was, it was really a great awesome set. to work with. It was a great set. Yeah. You were there. Really, yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of you and proud of all of my friends who were involved and it just yeah. looks amazing and well acted and well written and well directed. It's, 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 I'm not surprised that it's, that it's doing as well as it's doing. Cool. Cool. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's about it for me. So um, let's cool. move on to these questions. Yeah, we got a few listener questions. Um, so the first one comes from Trent. Do you want to? Uh, you want to? Yeah, uh, basically, uh, hey guys, love the podcast. Have a quick question. Um, he's wondering if we have um, daytime jobs or if we're full time actors, and if so, how do we afford to live in Los Angeles? Um, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. We even had an entire episode. Uh, I think it was episode twenty-seven. Is that the right? Rival, the jobs, rival episode. jobs episode. Yeah, where we um, we we just talked about ways to uh, make a living and stay flexible so that you can um, 
uh, you know, support the habit. support the acting yeah. life. Um, so no, we're not full time actors. Um, but what I what I have started to recommend to actors is to really take matters into your own hands, um, and that can look a few different ways. The way that Trevor and I have decided to go about it is we essentially started our own businesses. Um, my, I guess mine's a little well. No, we're we both formalized it, right? Like. <clears throat> your voiceover demo reel, like animation voiceover mm-hmm. demo reels is, has been formalized. More but, or less, yeah. But you also do like the editing stuff on the side, which isn't really formalized. You're sort of working as an independent contractor for it's kind theaters. of freelance. It's yeah. kind of freelance, right? Yeah. Um, and then I formalized a, uh, a, 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 a in-home computer consulting uh, business called Teaching You to Fish. Which um, is awesome, by the way. TeachingYouToFish.com. Yeah. <clears throat> I was at the website the other day, and it's really... It's just really cool, man. It, it looks really professional. I think it's I think it's a lasting. It's a really sustainable business. I think. Thank you. Yeah, and, and it's and it's been you know it's been challenging. Don't get me wrong. Like I was scraping by when I first decided to get out of my own way and stop being scared and like really take the plunge. But the 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 harder I work and the longer you know the the more time the more the time goes on, I build up clients and the money that I'm bringing in now is 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 has almost doubled. Really, and so. it's, the, it's the perfect mix for you because you're a technology enthusiast, and you're and you're very uh, you're very smart about it. Like you just get how it works, but then you've also got a really great ability to to communicate with people and and be patient with them. I mean, it brings it. It's the perfect like amalgamation. Yes, I just used that word. Boom uh, <laughs> of of your skill set and your passions. Thanks. Yeah, and, and it's like, and you can make good money doing it. Yeah, it, and it feels that way. Like uh, I get a lot of compliments from my clients that I have a good, uh, you know, quote unquote bedside manner or that I'm good at teaching, um, which I, I do feel like I'm, yeah. I do feel that, uh, I I'm, I'm sort of compelled to teach others. Um, uh, not that I want to be a teacher, but that's kind of what this business is. Yeah. So, um, talk about, I think you should probably talk about how you fell into the sort of freelancing thing. Cause that's another, it's, you know, like <sighs> mine's like a, semi-formal business but it's really kind of amorphous yours more freelancing and then i want to talk about one other path that is possible to take sure yeah so i uh i used to work at uh, apple with you actually um and uh and then when i left apple uh i didn't know what the hell i was gonna do Mm -hmm. i know i didn't want to have another job like that where i had set hours a set schedule i was clocking in and out subject to all these different policies and procedures. Um, and, uh, something kind of fell on my lap. I made a video for our theater ensemble, just a little featurette video for a show that that you were in. Mm -hmm. And, um, it got passed to the right people and they said, Hey, we want something like this for our theater company. And then, um, from there it just kind of snowballed into, I was a video producer for all of their content for a while, Mm -hmm. um, along with our friend Tom. And then, and now it's kind of like tapered off a little bit. So I started uh, the voice animation voiceover demo business. I made a demo for a friend on the cheap, and he passed it around, and that got to the right people. And, yeah. And then that was a nice little kind of gig for a little while, and that's tapered off. And so actually now I'm, I'm moving into a different direction. It's not formalized yet, so I'm hesitant to talk about it at the moment. But mm-hmm. um, really the, the moral of the story is just to find something that, that I'm both good at and that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that's been kind of... A, a tricky balance to find sometimes, but we've been able to make it work for yeah. several years. And that's just, I think the way it is for most actors. Totally. And, and <clears throat> you know, just looking at your skill set and thinking, okay, what can I do? You know, and, and maybe, you know, pick up, uh, you know, a four hour work week or, or, or a like-minded book where it just, you mm-hmm. know, uh, inspires you to, to, to be your own boss essentially. Yeah. And then, you know, take sort of take matters into your own, hands if you will there there was a listener a few well maybe several dozen episodes ago now who mentioned uh internet Mar- i love marketing podcast which was which is like yeah. an internet mark and i listened to i subscribed and i listened to it for a while and that's a really good podcast especially for actors because it talks about all the different ways you can market your own business kind of online and mm-hmm. all the different aspects and they interview some really kind of heavy hitters in the marketing industry and it, it applies just as much to acting as it does to maybe an actor's side business yeah. And I would say uh, I've actually fallen kind of off the wagon listening to that, but I'm going to get back into it because there's some golden nuggets in that podcast. So we'll include the link on the website, but yeah. um, that's a great place to start for just ideas about sure, how to, sure, how to sure. get a, a business of your own up and running. Yeah. And, and not only a business to create financial abundance, but also 
we as actors we run our own business and we market ourselves exactly so, yeah yeah it's like a it's like a, a win-win killing, yeah killing two birds with one stone yeah um totally <clears throat> and then the last thing i'll say trent is if you're going to if you or anybody listening to this is going to go after a part-time or full-time gig just be really upfront and honest with whoever it is that you're up to something that could potentially pull you away for either an audition or a length of time if you end up booking a shoot or something like that. Because if you don't gel with the people you're going to work for, you're going to hate your job and they're not going to like having you there. So if you can be really honest and and find somebody who you, your personalities gel and you really get along with them and they get what you're up to and you get what they're up to and you're still in contribution to their business, you can totally work at a clock in clock out job. You know, I made it work at Apple as well for a long time. Um, because I was just like, Hey, like I have an audition. Can we work something out where like I take a two hour lunch and then I stay an hour late for my shift or whatever. And because I was honest with them, because I came to them with solutions instead of problems. And because I, um, was working at 200%, you know, efficiency while I was there, they were always accommodating. Well, almost Mm -hmm. always, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's no reason for an actor to be in a job that they hate. There's no reason for an actor. There's no reason for anybody to be in a job that they, hate, <laughs> frankly. But uh, there's no reason for an actor to be in a job that's going to, uh, you know, have them in golden handcuffs or have their, you know, uh, cojones in a vice grip, like not being able to go out on auditions or you yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah, as actors, I think we chose we've chosen this lifestyle because we're not content with uh, status quo. Hmm. And we, and I think as actors, actors tend to feel things a little bit more deeply. They tend to be definitely, um, more sensitive to world and social issues and things like that. And so it just feels like that's, that's kind of, uh, our lot in life, so to speak, but also a massive opportunity to, to create something incredible. And I love what you just said. You came to them with solutions rather than problems. Yeah. That is so huge. And it was the same deal for me at Apple. I, I, I asked for a lot of accommodations to be made, but I made sure that, I was their go-to guy when they were in a pinch. Mm-hmm. And that was the trade-off. Is it like I, w- I had to always kind of be on my game and available for any role they needed to be filled. Yep. But I was able to go on those auditions and and hence be a working actor while having a, a thrival job. Mm-hmm. And it worked out great for a few years. Uh, so hopefully that answers your questions, Trent, your question rather. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really hit up that thrival job episode just for ideas as well. I I responded to his email and, um, I actually wanted just to add before we move on that it's actually not terribly expensive to live in LA. It's not as a lot of people say, how do you afford it? How do you afford it? It's not that bad. I mean, it's it's more expensive like San Francisco or New York. It's not, it's it's really really not not that bad. Um, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I I think you're going to say it's like, it's more expensive than like a rural yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're like in that. Wyoming, yeah, it's a lot more expensive. But, like, I lived in Philly, you know, after col- when I was in school and then for a few months after school. And, you know, the rent here is maybe a couple hundred bucks more a month. But it's beyond that, gas, yeah, is more expensive. But, I mean, it's not that bad. So, like, I feel like that stops a lot of people. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. And it's really it's really not. It, I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people make it work every yeah. day. More think, millions make it work every day. I think the other thing about L.A. is it's so sprawling. <clears throat> Too, that there's going to be pockets that are more affordable than others. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to be afraid for your life to live there what, either. Yeah. When, you know I, what I mean? when I was moving out here, I, I made a point to ask friends of friends who were already out here. I was like, okay, so what are the best places to live? <clears throat> like what's a good solid place that's kind of safe, but like centralized, but also inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't going to move to Malibu right off the bat, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and I got a couple answers at that. At that point it was like Burbank was great. Sherman Oaks was a great place i ended up in santa monica for a bit yeah which was probably not the best but now i live in culver city and it's the perfect uh um you know mesh culver city's rad let me just make yeah. that a yeah d- declarative statement right there it is it is rad i love it here I, I, if i move from santa monica where i live now i'm 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 moving here sweet that's my declaration i love it <clears throat> and i love that you use the word rad just now dude i love that word uh, bring it back oh my god uh, okay, another question in an email, and then we get to move on to the interview. Uh, Nathaniel writes in. Well, first of all, Nathaniel, thank you for for being in touch and having some really nice words for us. <laughs> yeah, um, he's definitely a I, new fan. I, I kind of really want to share what he wrote, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to. But it was very cool to get those to get those uh, those encouraging words. Um, and it's kind of ironic that he used the word encouraging because you'll hear in a second. Uh, 
that he's that that applies to his work. Anyway, his his question is um, he says a buddy of mine from work. He works at a part part time at a TV network. He says a buddy of uh, of his uh, and he were talking, and uh, he mentioned that he was represented for voiceovers. Nathaniel mentioned that he was represented for VO. Um, his friend does all the VO, the promo VO spots for the network, but doesn't have representation. And he asked if Nathaniel would refer him to his agency. Um, he says this guy's really cool. He wants to help him out, but uh, they're a similar type. Um, Nathaniel says he definitely believes what is intended for you. No man can take, but at the same time, the VO world at this agency is a little tricky. And he asked for any advice. Uh, I didn't quite understand what he meant by tricky, but I think what I, what I inferred from that was that, um, that he doesn't have the best relationship with them for some reason, um, Hmm. or that they're high maintenance or that they're very selective, whatever the case. Um, I responded and I, I basically said, uh, let me pull up. Yeah, I mean, aside from the the tricky part, it's a tricky situation, you know. Yeah, like I get it. I mean, I feel like we've had this question asked about on screen actors as well. It's like, should I refer my friend who's a similar type exactly. to me to my yeah. agency? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I basically said, um, um, uh, without being familiar with the particulars, um, I always think it's a good idea to pay it forward. You know, regardless of whether or not he's a competing type or whatever. Um, if it feels, if it kind of jives with my gut feeling, um, I would always, um, try and help friends and peers out whenever possible. Um, cause competition is definitely part of the business, but it's also, uh, I also believe there's enough work to go around for everybody. And that I think competition is really just another word for, um, or another, I, another way to frame competition is an opportunity for me to refine my product and differentiate mm. myself. You know? I like that. I like that, uh, interpretation. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's one thing to look at like, oh shit, there's so many people here who have exactly what I have, but it's also like, okay, wh- how can I further distinguish myself from the 20 something white guys in the room here with me? You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think Blake is going to say it either in this part or another part of his interview where he says, uh, you know, uh, do you, do you, you know, like that's all, you know, you are you and you're the only you. So do you're, you, you do you better than anyone else. So yeah. do you, Yeah. um, I get that it's, you know, a little bit different with voiceover cause maybe you have similar qualities of voice, but there's still going to be, <clears throat> no one has the same DNA as you. So there's still going to be distinctions in your voice versus someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to agree with you. And maybe it's just that we're too nice. <laughs> like, I feel like we're, we're, we're like, uh, the kind of guys who would like nice ourselves out of a job, but, 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 but at the same time, yeah. like, um, you know, we talk about being a better human on this, on this podcast. And like, I, I really, I really feel like if there's a, if you have an opportunity to help someone out, if you have an opportunity to pay it forward, if you have an opportunity to put, the energy out into the universe that says like this is an abundant universe there's plenty of jobs to go around um i am an i am a, an abundant person mm-hmm. you know what i mean cuz this cuz you're right essentially this is like a scarcity conversation like if he gets the if he gets represented by this voiceover agency then you know i'm going to you know lose jobs to him like, yeah. what if there were what if there were twice as many jobs once he got represented by your agent yeah yeah. And you guys got the same amount of jobs and now you're both working and your friend is your cool friend at this, you know, maybe you create a better relationship with him and, and maybe he gets you a voiceover job down the line mm-hmm. or he works at the network. Who who knows what else he can, you know, yeah. source for you, another acting opportunity or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he does at the network. You know? you know, you know, in my experience, the most successful people are like, yeah, pretty much a hundred percent of the time. The also the most generous people. You know, they're always, they're always willing to help out, donate whatever they can to people in need. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence, you know, like you just said, scarcity versus abundance, the most successful people in the world don't go to soup plantation like I have and be like, Oh my God, eight bucks. I need to stuff my face and walk away with a stomachache every time. Remember that story? I was kind of embarrassed about it, but it, it, it's the truth. And, and, and I think it, it makes a, it makes a good point. Yeah. Is it like that doesn't serve anybody because all it, all it ends up doing is, is, is making me have a stomachache basically, right. <laughs> you know, and, and make the whole meal a stressful situation. It's much more empowering to say there's plenty of this to go around. It's going to come around again if I keep paying it forward. And, and, um, 
and and the more I can support other people, the more opportunities are going to come my way. Yeah. I mean, the more generous you are, the more people are going to want to be around you. Not because they want handouts, but because that's how the world works. That's how mm-hmm. the universe works. You give love and you get more back. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 it. it get, the 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 getting is in the giving. Yeah. Like you you give of this and and yeah. um something will come something will come back yeah. to you in turn. Um <clears throat> uh but don't have that be the reason that you do it. Right. You know? Right. Um so unless there's some weirdness at the agency itself, Nathaniel, like uh you don't think that you are have a close enough relationship with them to recommend somebody, I would say go for it. Um if you feel weird about it, I would just be honest with your friend at the network and just say like, you know, I haven't been with them for very long. You know, I, 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 I'm, our relationship's a little weird. You know, I, I've never recommended anybody before. Let me, let me sort of feel it out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope that helps Nathaniel. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for writing in <laughs> my roommate, Nathaniel just walked in <laughs> like me um nathaniel also has a a website called uh, beingencouraged.com hence my encouragement comment a few minutes ago which just looks like a really great uh website just for for you know getting encouragement and living an awesome life so make sure you guys check that out if you can we'll stick a link on the website as well cool and we're going to jump into blake's interview now so enjoy without further ado <laughs> part one of our chat with blake robbins uh, it's awesome, guys. So get out your notepads and pens, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey everyone, how's it going? This is AJ and Trev, and we are sitting here with someone we're very excited to have on the podcast, Mr. Blake Robbins. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So Blake has a lot of irons in the fire, I guess you would say, so all those will come out throughout the interview, but he's uh, been an actor, an acting coach, is now uh, directing, and... I guess we can say writer or editor, depending uh, on how you look at it. I, on this I wouldn't book. say I wouldn't say editor, writer. I wrote. I worked on the book. I, I wrote the movie that I directed. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we're really excited to to have him on the show and to uh, talk about everything that he's up to and uh, how he got his start. And um, yeah, like I said, thanks for being here. Really. And my pleasure. <laughs> so um, with every single guest, we usually just like to start at the beginning, and it's not about you know. Tell us your life story in five seconds. It's more about Uh-oh. like uh, what, <laughs> what got you into uh, the business and what made you <laughs> you know know that you wanted to be an actor. Um, how many people say because of a girl? <laughs> oh, we've had <laughs> we've had uh, two, right? Uh, Mark Adipur is one, I believe. Mark, are and you, then um, the rest are lying. Or because of a guy, I don't know. But, hey, hey, you know, not, yeah, totally. yeah. So, so tell us this story. This sounds good. Um, my my very first play was Winnie the Pooh. I was you were like 26, 27? Uh, actually, about <laughs> twenty, not eighteen, eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I was a six foot two rabbit in a production of Winnie the Pooh that we did in Independence, Kansas. Um, and it was because there was this beautiful Brazilian uh, woman by the name of Yvette who uh, who was in the play, and and I went and did it to be closer to her. In my first play, wow, yeah, uh, I, I you date, can't make it up. I, I dated a yeah. Brazilian for like nine uh, months. I can't blame you. I can't say I blame you. Yeah, I think <laughs> the play lasted longer than the relationship. Uh, <laughs> maybe three or four performances, but uh, no. they were great three or four performances. Exactly. Um, yeah, I. I mean, that is absolutely why I did the first one. I went to this junior college to potentially play basketball. It was a basketball school. Um, I, I wasn't going to be playing basketball that semester. Uh, I wasn't good enough. I, I wish it was better a better reason like that. Like I, I blew out my knee, but I didn't. I just wasn't going to be on the, on the team uh, after coming to the school. So uh, uh, this girl that I very much had a crush on uh, was a broadcast journalism major, and she said, you know, that she was doing these plays. Did I have any interest? And uh, just to get closer to her, I said, sure. And the play they were doing was for uh, all the all the um, elementary schools in southeast Kansas were going to come see Winnie the Pooh. And 
I think I had about three or four lines. I had a little stage combat. We wrestled around, and and I literally had to wear a big rabbit costume. It was ridiculous. Um, and then they kept asking me to do more plays. So I did. A, uh, I couldn't sing, but I did a few musicals. I did Joe Fearless. Uh, uh, not not Joe Fearless. That's another play. What was the uh, uh, Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo? Oh, uh, Damn Yankees. Damn Yankees. <laughs> played a ball player in Damn Yankees. Uh, I think we did Christopher Durang, the 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 actor's nightmare. Yeah. I did that. Um, they just kept inviting me to play. I kept getting leading man type roles because I was over six feet tall. <laughs> and uh, and then I I went on to finish my college uh, at another school and and got a degree in business. Um, but uh, I I guess I kind of had the itch from there on. A few years out of college, I, I, I started doing theater up in the Boston area and decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. That's how wow. it started. Yeah. When you coming into it that that way where it wasn't like a specific goal until you were had reached I guess legal adulthood, right? Eighteen, yeah. twenty years old. Yeah. Um what did you decide? Was going to be like like did you go and get training all uh, start, all of a sudden or did you even know what you should do to be, to quote unquote be an actor? I didn't know much and I remember being embarrassed for a long time about the fact that everyone I was in classes with early on they knew about all these playwrights and all these writers and I felt like the dumbest kid in the class because I had never you know studied I didn't you know they would talk about Tennessee Williams and at the time I'd be like what. All right, I better, I better, you know, it was, this was before Google, so I couldn't get the answers very quick. Um, at, but I just, I, something about it appealed to something profound inside of me, and so I just kept doing it. So, yeah, I didn't really have a path. I didn't really, I, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I went back to the Boston area, had a degree in business marketing, and started taking some acting classes uh, through recommendations. Um, it was a really long, slow process. Uh, I auditioned probably way before I should have for a few plays in the Boston area. I remember I did a, a community theater production of Bloxy Blues. Hmm. And uh, I did a, a Peter uh, Eastern Standard, a, a Greenberg play, um, some of these things. And uh, I guess I was pushing mid-20s now. Um, I had tried a lot of other avenues of work. I thought about going to law school, worked in sales, uh, was working in restaurants, bartending, um, doing a lot of you know late night, early 20s drinking and, and going, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and somewhere along the line, someone handed me a, a clipping from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and said, oh, you, they're having a Boston audition. I put together a couple of monologues, went in, auditioned for it, and they said, uh, you know, sure, come. That became another story. I had to figure out what, you know, what I was going to do, but they, they invited me to come to the school in New York, and uh, I guess that was the start of it. I was about 26, 27, so a little bit older than their, you know, than the average student. Most of them were college age, but, uh, but the good news was I had gotten to the point where I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life, and this was it. So I was I was ready to go to New York. Went there, completed the whole program, was asked to do their company, got out, and and then had to figure a lot of stuff out. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they teach you how to act, but they don't teach you what to do about that. Amen. Yeah. We've actually had that exact conversation. It's common. Yeah, yeah common it's very common. Yeah. It was my experience. Certainly, my experience. Like you know, great craft of acting. Uh, classes, but no one teaches you the business side of things or, right. or anything like that. Right. Um, so, did you go back to having a, a quote unquote day job after the American Academy? Or no, I was a bellman. <clears throat> I was a bellman in New York. Uh, I, I felt like it, it gave me the most flexibility. I didn't have to think about it. I had great benefits. Uh, I was right in Midtown, and, uh, and and I was working with a lot of other actors, so we could sneak out and cover for each other when we had to go on auditions, which you know wasn't as often as I would like. But when when there were auditions, I could kind of go take my lunch break, and and I was right in Midtown, so I could kind of strategically get to almost any audition. And I just remember that the rest of the guys, you know, the the manager would be like, "Where's Blake? I haven't seen Blake in like an hour. Oh, he just took lunch." And we kind of stagger it for each other, like 
kind of after you'd already snuck off for 15, maybe 20, 25 minutes, that's when they would say, oh, Blake just went to lunch. So you'd stretch that half hour to like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, 50, 60 minutes. Right on. Awesome. So, but we were all in the same boat, so we would cover for each other. And, you know, yeah, I did that for about seven, eight years. Um, I hated it at the time, but looking back at it, it was fond memories and, and it allowed me to continue to do what I wanted to do, which was classes, theater. You know, I would work all day and then do a show at night. And, you know, I, I joke about it now, but I, I probably did almost every performance utterly exhausted, <laughs> which turned out to be a good thing. You know, you just you don't care enough. You're just exhausted. You just get through it. Huh. Yeah. 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 So listen up, uh, New York actors. Uh, the perfect job <laughs> in, in, uh, for an actor in New York is to be a bellman at a hotel in Midtown. At the, uh, <laughs> the, part of the Ian Schrager hotel <laughs> chain, the Royalton, Paramount, Morgans. We were all actors. Probably nice. still all are. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Cool. See, it's, it's so interesting to hear that so many people just kind of fall into it. Like, I'm thinking specifically of somebody we had on the podcast really recently, Jen Lilly, who's uh, yeah. a 20-something kind of, like, ingenue uh, uh, actress. And she was just, she had no intentions or designs on doing anything in the entertainment industry. And then one day she saw a poster for auditions and was like, she oh, was in college. Great. She was I in remember college. That story, she was, yeah. like, pushing, you know, 21, 22. And she was like, yeah, I think I'll try that. She just felt pulled to it. And now she's... You know, regulars on sofa, like that, that's her life, and it sounds like the same kind of thing for you. You were just like, well, if it's going to get me closer to this chick, and then at, it just started the, the snowball effect. I think that's probably how everyone gravitates to everything they do. I think something in the universe speaks to something deep inside you, and you end up, hmm. you know, headed that direction as opposed to another direction. Hmm. And then maybe, you know, years later, like for me, you know, I, I'm still essentially an actor, but now I've gotten into the writing and the directing and making my own movies. Um, and maybe even that, that seed was inside me 20, 30, 40 years ago. And now I'm just acting on it in a certain way. And there's a whole story how I got there. But um, I, I don't know. I I don't think it's just, you know, whatever pulls someone to be a doctor or a lawyer or, or whatever, there's something deep inside us that says that's where we're supposed to go. And uh, we're, we're fortunate when, when, when things line up and we know what we're supposed to, what we're called to do. And, and then we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think there are a lot of people out there that, that want to be doing something. And for some reason or another, some mitigating circumstance, they, they allow themselves to be stopped. We all have a journey. Yeah. yeah. You know, mine, mine took, uh, it felt like forever to unfold. Um, you know, I, I always had a vision of myself making my living as an actor. And uh, believe me, when I was 27, 28, you know, I, I didn't get my first paid acting job till I was 35. So wow. literally, you know, we're talking about someone who waited <laughs> And, 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 and believed in it when, uh, you know, there was a lot of evidence saying, uh, it's not going to happen for you. You, you should move on. You should find yeah. something else to do. And I tried a lot of those things, but, um, you know, we all have our journey. Mm -hmm. Persistency. Persistency. Well, that's the I famous, yeah, word. that's I created a, yeah. a word. Yeah, I combined persistence and consistency. Into it works. <laughs> yeah. And so. I, I heard a, uh, who was it? Uh, one of these actors was doing, a, Patrick Wilson. Mm. Patrick Wilson was Patrick doing Wilson. a play on Broadway. And, and, you know, at the beginning of his career, he, he shared the story on David Letterman. So, you know, I, let me just credit, give credit where credit's due. But uh, Tom Hanks came backstage and Patrick Wilson took the moment, the opportunity to say, give me something, a, a piece of advice. And he said, persistence, persistence, persistence. That was it. That's the advice. Hmm. You know, it's so cool to hear that you that you uh, didn't really things didn't really start to kick in for you until you were in your mid thirties. Yeah. Because that is a conversation I'm having with myself now. I'm 31 years old. Okay, and uh, I'm I, brave I, enough to admit it. Uh, yes, yeah, I know. There we go. I was actually thinking in my head as I was saying, I was like, should I be telling people? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why don't you give us your well, age range? Yeah, instead? right, right. But yeah. you were. I mean, you, I'm 24 you, to 28. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you got your your first paid job. You're, you're no, right on I've, track. I, I've had. I've had. You're, a lot you of, are I mean, ahead of the the Blake Robbins curve. <laughs> Congratulations. Almost everyone is. That's what I'm saying. But like, I mean, it's you know, I've I've had ups and I've had a, a couple right. things hit, you know, and yeah. it feels really good. And then I have dry spells, but I'm getting to the point where I'm like. Hmm. 
you know, having the conversation that every, everybody has, I think, when they hit yeah. their 30s, which is, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> is this going to work out? I'm ready to actually have money. I'm ready to actually look at buying a house. And it's that, you oh, know, yeah? so, so where were you in that, in that, in that, in that, in that dialogue in your head? Did that kick um, in for you? Or that, were you just like, oh, yeah. committed? That, oh, yeah, was no, fantastic. Like, no. oh, really? Oh, That's was, nice. When does that happen? I was, Let I me was, know, because... Yeah. Yeah, what are you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Do you want money? You want money in a house? And a, no, no. If you, <laughs> if you believe it, it'll happen. Right, right. Uh, just not on your schedule. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I can only tell you what happened to me mm-hmm. uh, along the way. Is I, I met a, a woman who I knew I wanted to marry, and I had very little to offer her. And, and you know, in fact. Um, I couldn't even afford a ring at the time, uh, but I knew I wanted to marry her. Um, that was the beginning of sort of my life taking hold. Um, I knew I wanted things in my life that I thought I couldn't have because I wasn't having the career I wanted to have as an actor. So um, if, if I have any advice, what, what some of the things that applied to me was I took a, lo- a long, hard look in the mirror and I said, well, and I remember this exact moment. I said, uh, you're, you're in the middle of the ocean and you're not sinking and you're not swimming. You're just treading water and there's no land anywhere. I had this visual image of myself in my acting career. Hmm. And I said, well, it's time to either swim or sink. The treading water doesn't work anymore. And that's, and, and I had to acknowledge that. So, I would say what happened after that was a series of sinking and swimming. But no longer could I just tread water. I just, it didn't, it, it, I, it just became, uh, you know, awareness was everything. So I didn't fundamentally go about trying to change anything. I just said, well, sometimes you're going to swim, sometimes you're going to sink, but you're not, you're done treading water. Um, now, how that manifested itself in actual acting is um, I went and applied for the University of Yale to get into their graduate program. I, I thought this was, would be a good move. By the, at that time, I was living on the Connecticut shoreline. I was like, well, that'll be two hours up the road. I'll, I'll go up to Yale, and I'll, uh, and I'll do this master's program. And I didn't get in. And so that was devastating. Uh, they said, no, thank you. Um, the next thing that happened sort of seemed to happen is this off-Broadway play that I had been workshopping for a few years contacted me, and I, and, and I played a basketball player. It was a cast of about 20. It, it was the play called Joe Fearless that I inadvertently mentioned earlier uh, when I was trying to think of the, the baseball play in college that I did, Damn, Damn Yankees. I, I said Joe Fearless. Joe Fearless was the name of this play. And um, they contacted and said they were going to try and do a summer run at the Atlantic Theater Company, and they couldn't make any guarantees of whether I could do it or not because they were still figuring out what they were going to do, even though I'd helped them workshop it for a couple of years. And they ultimately ended up coming back and saying, yeah, there's no money, a couple hundred bucks a week, but you want to do it, you know, play that character you've been workshopping. And I, I said, sure. And... I was grateful to be working and doing the show. I was only making a couple hundred bucks. Um, my wife, who was ha- on her own journey, very much wanted to have children and had sort of decided that she couldn't because I wasn't having career success. Um, so she and I had a couple of um, pivotal conversations where she said, you know, screw it. I want to have a child. I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to hold it against you. I, I'm, we're going to have this. We're going to have ch- children. And I'm ready to start. And uh, merely claiming that for herself, um, literally months later, we were pregnant. She was pregnant. We were were expecting our first child. And a lot of people came to me and said, well, you're going to have to give this up. You're going to have to give up your dream of being an actor. Now you've got a baby on the way. And I remember at the time thinking, no, now I've got to make money at this. I've got to make money at this because... I didn't have anything else that I thought I could make money. And there was something inside of me saying, even though the current evidence doesn't support that I'm supposed to do with this with my life, I knew something that I knew that I was. And so I just was confronted with, okay, I've, I've, somehow I've got to make this happen. So that was literally in June 
serendipitously, uh, act of God, lightning strike, something, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, by August, I kept hearing about this part that they were auditioning for, for this television show called Oz, which everyone kind of, not everyone, but a lot of people sort of liked and had heard about. I didn't have HBO, couldn't afford HBO, so I didn't know what Oz was. But I kept hearing about it, and they were looking for a basketball player. Here I am doing an off-Broadway play at the Atlantic Theater Company where I'm playing a basketball player. I'm like, well, surely I can get seen on this audition. I didn't have an agent or a representation. Um, I, I had been doing a few commercials here and there, but I didn't have legit, uh, legit representation, uh, for TV or film. Um, I did something at the time I never did, which is I asked somebody for help because I had previously taken the position that if people want to help, they'll offer. Um, so this was a learning curve moment for me. I said, you know, I'm going to ask for help. So I ended up asking the right person. Um, again, lightning strike, the universe moving, hmm. me taking the awareness of I'm done, you know, treading water. I asked, uh, I asked this person for help and they, they started telling me, oh, well, you could drop the headshot off in the morning or you could do this, this. And then she paused and she said, wait a second. I used to be an assistant at this agency and we represented Harold Pernod, who's on the phone, uh, you know, on that show. She said, I can make a call to the associate casting director on your behalf and just say, if you're still seeing people, you know, would you be willing to see Blake? Literally two days later, I had the appointment. Three days later, I was at the callback. And a few days after that, I was shooting the show. Wow. That's so <laughs> weird. Awesome. I, I, I don't, you know, there was fundamental things going on inside of me. I will also share that at the audition, the casting director gave me an adjustment that I didn't take. So I don't. I highly recommend that you don't do that. But at the same time, it just goes to show you that that not everybody always has the answers. I, I, I mean, I felt like the part fit me like a glove. You know, I did my work. I put it on. I, I, I went in there and I did my thing. And then she threw me an adjustment based on. She said, "Well, our, our show's a little bit edgier than this. It's a little more." Uh, you know, have you seen it? And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to say yes, but I'd be lying. No, I haven't seen the show. She said, but it's got a, a certain energy. Uh, maybe you could do this. I really didn't take the adjustment. I didn't know what she was talking about. I, I if, if anything, I, I tightened up some of the cues. Hmm. But it was basically me, and I did it as, as it fit me. Um, I found out a few weeks, months later. That uh, that Tom Fontana, whose show it was, saw the audition tape and said, "That's the guy." Wow! And then it was me. And the rest is history. Is that I would love to think that. <laughs> there's more. But wait, there's but more. Wait. Uh, well, it was supposed to be a two or three episode arc. Um, uh, Tom just responded to me. Um, I will share that while I was trying to get uh, things going as an actor, one of the things that a occurred to me is that I needed to see what it meant to act in movies and on TV and stuff like this. And and through working with this theater company, the Naked Angels, um, going to their classes, doing the workshops, sort of seeing their plays, getting as close to them as they'd let me without, you know, pissing them off too much because you, you're that guy who's like, when, when's the next class or who's doing what or how can I help? You know, I was kind of that guy. And, and one of the classes, uh, actor Rob Morrow of Numbers, uh, Fame, and, and many other things, Quiz Show, and all that came in. And he was in the, in, in, in the process of putting together a movie that he wrote, directed, and, and was going to star in. And he was kind of telling us his story. And after class, I pulled him aside and I said, I'll work on your movie for free. I said, you, if I, I have no experience in movies. I don't know what, you know, I, I have no uh, job or skill set that I can bring to it. Um, but I'm sure you need someone to run and get coffees and things like that. I said, I'll do that for you for whatever you need just to be around it, uh, if that's at all possible. He said, great. Uh, tell Jace, Jace Alexander, who was running our class, who was a mutual friend, who, I, who was running the class that I knew. He said, tell Jace to uh, send me your email and stay in touch. And when we get closer, uh, we'll have you in. We'll figure it out. I'm sure we can use PAs. And I didn't even know what PA meant when he said that. I was like, I have to go find out what PA means. <laughs> <laughs> they need a PA. <laughs> Politically active guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. PA. Public announcement. Pub what? what do they need? Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up and found out what that meant uh, before I went back in. But uh, a month went by, and I hadn't heard. And I so I kind of... Uh, 
went to Jace and I said, hey, Rob Morrow a month ago said that I could help him on his movie and I haven't heard from him. Would you mind just saying one more time to him? And he said, sure. So he went and, 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 and said, oh, Rob, don't forget this guy. He's, he wants to follow through. Another couple of weeks went by. Get a call out of the blue. Rob Morrow wants you to come down and meet him at this office. I went in. We sat down. We just chatted. Um, whatever I said in that meeting, we just talked about, you know, why you want to do this. What do you, what do you think? What could you do? Um, and I really took on something almost nearly impossible. I was living in the Connecticut shoreline and they were going to shoot this movie all over New York City. And he lived down in Tribeca and I was going to have to drive to his house, pick him up first thing in the morning, not realizing that he's first person on set every single day. So, hmm. so I would be picking him up probably at three, four, five in the morning, every morning leaving my car in his garage, driving him in his car to set, staying with him. I became his on-set assistant, which was a phenomenal learning experience. Um, so I was there. You know, We were doing independent film, so it was 12-hour day. But because he was the writer, director, producer, his day didn't end after 12 hours. He then had a couple hours of uh, additional casting, rewrites, this, you know, and I would take him to that. So literally after a 16 hour day, I would drop him off last person at his home in Tribeca. And then I would have to drive to Connecticut where I was oh living. So literally for about 25, 30 days, I was getting about five hours of sleep a night to do that, to get him first thing in the morning and drive him home. And he generously gave me a small salary and gave me a bonus at the end, which really helped offset that I that I took the job not knowing that I was going to get. But he generously gave me a, a, a you know I think out of his own pocket a, a check and said thank you. Um, wow! But I saw everything. I saw the conversations in the car about who to you know so and so dropped out. Who can we get? I saw I. I saw the whole the whole mechanism for that. It was uh, thirty days of film boot camp i saw them work uh i saw them do the location scouting i saw them setting the lights and i was just a sponge for it i soaked it all up and 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 at the time i was thinking to myself someday i'm going to do this i'm going to do what he's doing i'm going to write direct produce do the Mm -hmm. whole and uh that time was a year ago i did it wow and and, wow. and and coming back to Oz, I, I ended up getting Oz about six, seven, uh, maybe a full year after that experience. But when I landed on set, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew what everyone else was supposed to be doing on some level, enough of it. And it helped my experience as an actor go well enough that they responded to me. Okay, guys, welcome back to us um, speaking to one another and not a guest. <laughs> I just realized like, it's really funny when we put the music in. It's like it was a different day and everything. But yeah. It's yeah. the same voices. Like we're sitting here talking to each other instead of talking to like another human. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that so that was, just the, that was just the beginning. It was the tip mm-hmm. of the metaphorical iceberg. Uh, the, and that iceberg goes deep. There were a couple of times where he was talking, and you and I were like, we had sat all the way back on the couch we were sitting on, just like nowhere near the microphone, letting him talk with just our mouths like a gape. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. Yeah, it was cool, man. And um, she she was nervous that people that people were going to be able to hear her laughing. But oh, Jen? Jen, Jen yeah. is actually at, she's present at the interview, so she t- just... FYI, I don't know. Yeah. She's there. <laughs> yeah, and Jen has become an integral part of our team. Um, just for those of you listening who want to, if you want to learn more about the people behind the the podcast, um, including us, um, hit up the website and check out Jen's profile. She's got a great blog that she's been writing every day on, and um, she's been instrumental, absolutely essential in 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 keeping us going and yeah. really just helping kind of distribute the workload because a lot goes into this thing. Yeah. And remember, Jen, thank you. Thank I remember you, when we, yeah, I remember when we moved to to video, and we like sent out that like, please help, yeah, <laughs> uh, little like one or two minute video. Uh, th- this is the help we were looking for, the support yeah. we were looking for. So thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Uh, and uh, everybody else, thank her as well. Follow her on Twitter. Check out her website. All that fun stuff. There you go. Um, so pick of the week, dude. What do you got? Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. 
Done. Oh, you saw it. Done. You saw it in the theaters. Done. Done. I mean, you know, I know it just got, uh, you know, all the, the Oscar nominations. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about that. So much to talk about. So the Oscar nominations just came out last week. And, uh, you know, it got <clears throat> nominated for every, for not everything, but a lot of stuff, including uh, Best Picture. Um, and holy crap. I mean, I've only seen uh, a third or a half of the Best Picture noms. But uh, it, it seriously, as soon as I saw it, it jumped up to, you know, the top of my list of like all time favorite films. Wow. Um, it's so good. Uh, Bradley Cooper is so good. Jennifer Lawrence is so good. She. De Niro's she in it is, too, right? Yes. <clears throat> and he's amazing as well. And I saw, I, I saw a QA with uh, David O. Russell at SAG talking about. The director. Um, yeah. Yes, the yeah. writer director, who, by the way, took like over five years to write it and. Um, his, uh, I think he said his son is bipolar, so he has some um, familiarity with the subject and, and really wanted to tell a story that was uh, looking at that um, uh, disease from a from a very compassionate place. And it really does. It's, it's oh, it was so good. It's so much fun and, like, just completely unexpected. And uh, the, 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 the pace of it is amazing. It's very... Uh, I don't. I almost don't want to say this because I want people to experience this for themselves. But maybe you can fast forward through the next fifteen seconds and then <clears throat> listen to this after you've seen it. But for those of you who have seen it, it, it speeds up and slows down, and it's very manic at, at points. And I realized I, I don't know if this was intentional, but if I ever get to talk to David O. Russell in person, I'm going to ask him. It seemed very meta in that the film itself was directed and shot and paced such that the audience would have a sort of manic, depressive, bipolar experience of the film. Hmm. In other words, they would be able to get more into what that character was experiencing Hmm. by virtue Hmm. of the filmmaking itself, which I think is just freaking brilliant. Um, And I really hope that was, I really hope that was an intentional choice. Um, and then Jennifer Lawrence, who is younger than us, younger than every guest we've ever had on the podcast, um, is, I think, probably one of the best actors of our generation. Wow. Um, like, she is, like, I, if, if, if like, uh, Leo DiCaprio is in the previous generation, you know, because he <clears throat> he's getting older now. I know they put a lot of makeup on him in Django Unchained, mm-hmm. but he is just getting older. He's like mid thirties now. now, right? Mid thirties, uh, probably like forty. Really? Yeah. I don't. Uh, know. Maybe we okay. should look it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's listening right now. He's gonna come kill us. Like <laughs> he's like, I am not. Uh, he doesn't care. He's got uh, a pool of money that he dives into every morning. Uh, <laughs> see, the images I have in my head right now are just weird. Uh, but no, Jennifer Lawrence was incredible. Incre- like well, let's get her on the podcast this this year. Yes, that's a goal. That's a goal. Please, I really want to like. Um, not that I don't love every one of our guests, but that is a, a major goal for me <clears throat> is to get the Jennifer Lawrence's and the Elijah Woods and the uh, and the Bradley Coopers on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Well, we get to we get to be in films with them and invite them on. That's yeah. What, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's just incredible. She, and, and in this film, she's it's like wow, just blows me away. Cool. So that's my pick. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it. Um, I hope I can get to a theater before it leaves the theaters. And it's an, it was an Oscar nom, so it. I should well, all be the SAG screeners just went out too. So, like, if you oh, have a friend who's in SAG, I'm sure. I, yeah, I well, feel I'm like, in SAG after. So, yeah, maybe well, I'll, maybe I'll get them. You should have already. I think they rotate like members every year, so only like oh. a third of the membership actually gets the screeners, and oh. then they like they like rotate through those thirds. Got it. Something like that. I got think. it. Because Ben be... got hooked up. Oh really? Yeah, he got all these screeners, and he also got digital downloads. They're doing a lot of stuff digitally now, and he also got like like movie bucks essentially to go spend at oh, the theaters. I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> well, we have Argo. Oh, sweet. I really want to see that. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen Argo, even though it was your pick of the week like a month ago. It was so good. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm definitely coming over. Uh, cool. So my pick of the week is uh, is an app, uh, an iOS app right now, and an Android app is coming, I believe. Uh, and it's called, uh, I think technically it's called One Second Every Day, 
but it's being, I think it's being rebranded pretty soon as onesie. I saw it in one of those Kickstarter emails where they talk about projects. They <laughs> onesie. Love. That's cute. One SE, one second every day, onesie. And, uh, I saw it in one of those Kickstarter emails that I get about projects that they love and all that stuff. And it's really cool. It's an, it's an app that allows you to take uh, video footage. I mean, that's really cool, right? Uh, <laughs> really original you take video footage but then it allows you to select one second of that video footage uh for that day and then over the course of a couple months you have the option to compile all of those seconds into a film like a like a movie like a a, you know like a movie like a one second or like a, a collage of those one seconds huh um and there's a sample of it up on vimeo and and the kickstarter page and all that stuff and uh, and it, it's really cool. It's just a way to kind of document life through video. But it's really cool to see the one seconds every day just kind of back to back to back to back and have a retrospective on what the past X amount of days or months of your life were like. So it's like a really kind of advanced uh, video blog. Not advanced. It's a different way to kind of video blog. Wow, yeah. And combining a little bit of like... Uh time-lapse photography in there as well yeah and it's only a dollar it's a dollar app huh. right now so it's to- totally worth uh totally wow. worth checking and out it, so they store the video how does that work they store the video locally or is it stored on a server or uh yeah stored on your phone okay so um so make sure you guys check out that that app cool um so we're out of time so uh i think <clears throat> we gotta wrap this bad boy up let's do it um geez man thanks for uh for listening everybody and thanks for sticking with us for that hiatus if you enjoy what you get out of this podcast uh this is the part where you can find all the different ways you can help out and be in touch with us god where do we start head up our website insideactingpodcast.com you can also send us an email insideactingpodcast at gmail.com and or call us at 213-2-ACTORS that's 213-222-8677 you can leave us a voicemail ask us a question bribe us uh hurl insults at us whatever you want to do that, that <laughs> voicemail line is there and uh we may or may not uh play your voicemail on the podcast if uh if it's nice uh, um what else can they do now, you're bribing our listeners uh, that's what that was um we're on the twitters we're on the facebooks um <clears throat> we're on the actor rateds we're on the itunes oh itunes already has an s we're on the itunes as uh, the iTunes is. We're on the internet. Uh, yeah. Just uh, look for Inside Acting and all the uh, the the uh, normal social networks. Um, yeah, we appreciate followers. We love having conversations with our listeners. I mean, that's what this is all about. Like, we're not sitting here again on our high horse. We're we're just two dudes in the trenches with everybody else, and we like to have conversations about what this journey is like. Um, so please don't view us as as like two dudes trying to like set themselves apart because um, that's not what this is. It's, yes, it's more like two dudes providing a forum um hopefully for for what we have We're, we have a facebook group as well so i hope you guys can join the facebook group ask questions get support from other listeners just meet people there and uh and then last but not least yeah, you can, as previous previously mentioned on this yeah, episode <laughs> previously mentioned on the episode you can donate to the podcast because nothing says thank you more than dollars and change uh <laughs> nothing says it, thank you more than your money <laughs> give right. us your money two different ways to give us your money you can go uh to our website at the donate button on the right hand side and that'll bring you to a page where you can make a one-time lump sum donation uh in any amount you choose uh, or you can become a patron and contribute to us on a recurring monthly basis at three, five, ten, or twenty dollars a month, and uh, lots of different perks with with that. So um, please, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, um, consider consider doing that because that's literally what what keeps us going. It's so easy. It is, and and I mean, yeah, I mean. I, I was going to say, like, come on, like, three bucks a month? Come on, this is worth that. But I didn't want to, like, shove it down people's throats, so I'm not going to It's less than a dollar episode. It is. And I'd pay a, well, I'd pay a dollar episode for this. I'd pay more, but, you know, that's just me. That's just me. I'd pay more to listen to myself. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're missing anything? Is that it? I think that's it, man. Cool. So for... Wrap, wrap that baby up. Yeah, for episode 92... 92. Episode 92. I'm Trevor Algon. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, Happy New Year.